0: Morning now. Uh, welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations with your host, Devin J. Hall. We respectfully acknowledge that we are blessed upon the land by which we gather, live, and connect. It is the traditional and unceded t- territory of the Coast Salish people, specifically the Kwotlen, the Katsi, the Samyamu, and the Tawasun First Nations. And the reason that I did not read that is, well, I should have that memorized by now, really. The reason I didn't read it as well as I normally do is because my guest today is Uncensored Ann Livingston, and she is a freaking riot, and I'm super excited to have her. I did her show a couple months ago, and I had such a great time, and so, yeah, I'm a little off-kilter because I've actually just been enjoying spending time with you. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? I was going to say, I'm I'm the one that makes smart ass comments, like, right before you hit record. (laughs)
0: you right off. <laughs> it works. Gotta <laughs> keep the audience guessing. I'm doing really good. Uh, you're a lifestyle coach. So tell us a little bit about, about that and what it is that you do.
1: I do all kinds of shit. So I, I don't even know what I market myself as anymore, to be quite honest. Like, I was a coach. I've been a coach for seven years. I've been a life coach, a health and wellness coach, a spiritual mindset coach, a business coach, a network marketing coach. Like, basically, you name it, I've been that type of coach. It was basically anything that I was going through at the time, I was like, I can coach people how to do this. I'm so sorry. My cats, just a second. (laughs) All right. Well, this is why I have an uncensored podcast.
0: (laughs) I feel like if you've been listening to comfortably uncomfortable conversations for a while, you've grown used to expecting that shit's just going to be what it is.
1: What's more uncomfortable than two cats fighting in the middle of a podcast? <laughs>
0: I got two right over here, and they were sleeping up to 30 seconds ago. <laughs> and then as soon as I hit record, I was like, oh, let's wake up and play.
1: Yep, pretty much, pretty much. So, so yeah, so I um, it's basically anything that I have been evolving through in my own journey. I know that there are other people out there who need help with that. And then in 2020, I published my first book, radical rebirth so I'm also a published author and um yeah so I'm kind of I kind of do and then I'm podcaster I I kind of do you know all of the all of the things
0: (laughs) I honestly and like this we were talking about this earlier I have not listened to your podcast I don't remember what we talked about on the one that we did I am so like, and it's weird because people on the outside would be like, you're not really that busy. Like you spend a great deal of time sitting at your computer. And it's like, yes, but then I've got the news going. I'm focusing on work. I'm doing a hundred things at once. I don't have time to throw in then a podcast on top of that while I'm trying to see whether or not America is destroying itself from the inside out. (laughs) So (laughs) like, bear with me. But I read your website and one of the things that I liked that you talk about is how about like coming into your own and accepting that sometimes shit's just going to suck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been through a lot of darkness and that was one thing that we talked about when you were on, on my podcast about mental health. That's, you yeah, know, that was a huge piece of it. And, um, and addiction. I think we talked a lot about addiction too. And, um, It's been, it's been a a four, four and a half year journey, specifically of my own spiritual awakening, um, healing codependency, healing uh, alcoholism. I was an intuitive nomad for three years traveling around the world or not the world, sorry, the country (laughs) feels like the world some days, Um, traveling around the, the country solely based off of my intuition. And when I got that intuitive hit in 2017, which was, you know, sell your shit and hit the road it didn't make any logical sense, which typically intuitive hits don't, right? And so it was this, you know, I have t- two cats, as we know, I have two cats. I didn't think my business was making enough money to travel around. Um, I did have a car at the time, so I was renting a car. And I just I just knew that for some reason I was being called to do this, even though it made no logical sense. and there was a lot of darkness during that time of really learning how to lean into and cultivate faith. I mean, I didn't really have, I didn't have any cultivated relationship with God. I didn't really know what God was. Um, I didn't believe in God for a really long time. And I was solely dependent on like anyone and anything else outside of me for my happiness. And so it was, just multiple years of really learning how to come into my own and finding my voice and finding my confidence and not really giving a fuck what other people thought of me and really learning who I am and what do I believe and how do I want to show up in this world, which is ultimately why I've been all different types of coaches because it was this constant re- like uh, reinventing and finding myself over and over and over and over again. And I think that a lot of times we're taught that you're just supposed to know what you want to do, right? It's like, you just, you choose your major and you go to college and you get a career and you do all these things and it feels very linear. And that has not been my experience of life. Like there's been nothing linear about my life at all. And so for a really long time, I felt like, well, there must be something wrong with me. I must be a failure. I must not be good at anything. And, um, And what I've learned is that I'm, I'm actually really good at a lot of things. It's just that I'm also very creative and as creatives, as you know, like there's all kinds of shit that we can do. I mean, you and I are both writers. It's just like, there's a lot to it when we, when we learn how to um, put our, our story and our experience of life into words. I don't know. I don't even remember what your question was. I just started talking.
0: (laughs) No, um, I didn't really have one. I just kind of wanted to see where you would take that. And I is I really like that you talk about God because I was in my shower about two weeks ago and I I just started screaming and I was like why do you hate me like how much more do I have to do to prove that like I'm I'm done being an asshole I realized that I did not used to be a nice person I'm trying and I was so frustrated with feeling like I was putting all this work into the podcast and the the brand. And I had to close down my t-shirt line because Teespring is fucking evil. And like, it just felt like such a huge step backwards from where I had been last year, having written a book and started a clothing line. And the next day I got this message from a cannabis company being like, we'd like to work with you. And another going, we'd like to pay you for X, Y, Z. And I was like, okay, you might be telling me that you love me, but you're also kind of telling me to go fuck myself. So like, thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, and I, I still struggle. Like I don't know what God is. I I know that I have faith in God, but it also comes from like sometimes shit just sucks, yeah. and you don't know why, but it eventually gets better.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, I've had very similar experiences to you. Um, I I have had so so. I grew up in the church. My dad's a retired minister. Um, but I like I said, I didn't believe in God. I had no relationship at all with God. When I was dating people, I made sure to date atheists I was like, I sure as fuck don't want to date a Christian or anyone. Like, I just don't even. Hey, I'm not
0: Christian. I still won't date a Christian. I've done that. Well, I did that. And he was literally <laughs> like, I'm afraid you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, dude, I live in Surrey, BC. Like, I'm already there. <laughs> well, then you'll
1: you'll love where this journey has taken me. So <laughs> I'm like, this is this is. I love this conversation. So when, so in 2016, when I hit my, my first of many rock bottoms, I ended up <clears throat> on my bathroom floor, sobbing, praying to a God that I didn't believe it. Like very cliche, like very, you know, eat, pray, love style. And, um, but I was like, I didn't know what else to do. I was, I was miserable. My relationship was falling apart. I hated myself and I just kept fucking up this relationship that I wanted. And so I was like, I guess I'll pray to this thing, whatever, you know? Um, and so when I started to have this level of realization that like, I needed to have a relationship with God, but I had no clue how, you know, it's just like this abstract thing that like, you can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't hear it when you, when you're at the beginning stages. Um, and so it's just like, I felt like I was constantly like throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know, like, let me try this thing. Let me try this thing. Let me try this thing. And so I, I literally like tried everything I was Going into the you know the new age path, it was um, reading Marianne Williamson, reading Gabby Bernstein, like all all the you know course in miracles based texts and teachers, and then I was listening to Abraham Hicks. But then I was also reading Christian books, not the Bible, but I was reading Christian books. I was fascinated by Jesus. I was fascinated by Moses for no specific reason. I was listening to Christian music. I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. My life feels so weird. <laughs> And then as I was traveling around, I started to understand what that energy felt like, what the energy of God felt like. And so it just, um, it started to grow over time. But I had so many moments where I was on the floor, like screaming at God, like, you told me to go on this journey. Why don't I have money? Why am I miserable?
0: Why do things feel so dark? Like, fuck you. I was there last night. (laughs) (laughs) I was there last night. Like, I get it. You know, and that's the funny thing is that even if you, I I was raised in the Catholic church and even with the church background, it's such a personal experience. The, the idea of God, that what other people say you're supposed to feel is not what you're going to feel. Right. And I don't, I don't want people sitting here thinking that like this was planned or we're talking about this because we want you to suddenly drop everything and find God. It's not that it's just that like when shit goes haywire we blame god it is natural it's a human thing we're all like what the fuck universe this is your fault because you put us here and you have all the answers and you should figure it out for me it and and it doesn't work like that
1: but it's fascinating i was just having this conversation yeah. actually on my podcast with the woman earlier today um that it is fascinating to me that even those of us who who either don't believe or haven't believed or aren't sure when shit goes wrong, when things get really dark, that our natural inclination is to reach out to God. So I'm like, there's still, there has to be something there that's like, well, something, you know, because if I didn't believe why on earth would I be calling up to God right now? Um, But over the years, so I was, you know, developing my relationship. Well then, Last year in the middle of the year, summertime, I got this weird intuitive hit that was like, read the Bible. I was like, why on earth am I gonna read? I do not want to read the Bible. I have no desire, no thank you. But it was like, read the Bible, read the Bible. And I was like, I don't wanna read the Bible. And then and then out of the blue, my mom and I like are not super close, um, haven't been. We're we're building our relationship out of the blue, my mom sends me a text that asks, do you own a Bible? And I was like, no. And she's like, do you want a Bible? And I was like, okay. I'm like, something is telling me to read the Bible. So when my mom randomly texts me, I'm taking that as a sign that I need a Bible in my house. So I said, okay. So then she started this Bible study and then it kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then the beginning of this year, so January, this is still very new, like right after the new year, it was basically get rid of all of your new age stuff, get rid of anything that is not Christian based. Now I did not identify as a Christian, but it was get rid of anything that is not Christian based, go straight to the Bible, cultivate a relationship with Jesus. Like you, you need some Jesus in your life right now. And, and it's been a month now and It had I'm like, I don't even know what's happening with my life, but like I'm I'm basically I'm a Christian now, like I do identify as a Christian, and it's so weird to because I yes. I resist, I was like, I don't want to be a
0: Christian. My 13-year-old self is like, What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like she remembers climbing over the church pews to get out of church, and she's like, Really? Like I did all that work for nothing. I am resentfully christian i admit this i have an altar and ganesha is sitting on it but i also have like six bibles in my closet and i <laughs> wait why do you have six bibles i need to know <laughs> one is my mom's one is my grandpa's one that i one that we had uh, somebody donated a box of bibles to the church i used to work at and I swiped one because it's like this cute little punk rock version of a Bible and the, the drawings on it are really cool. I I I don't I don't even read the fucking things. They're just there. <laughs> I feel like the next time I talk to you, you'll be like, Anne, I've been reading the Bible. <laughs> I've read the Bible backwards and forwards. My favorite is Apocalypse. I I this is my first time reading through the Bible. And people like christians are like i'm so excited for you and i'm like okay (laughs) read apocalypse that shit is entertaining as hell there's like fire breathing lambs and like giant lasers and aries makes an appearance like that is awesome this is my favorite section in the bible i don't know what that says about me actually i do know what that says about me fully aware do not tell me in the comments (laughs) I I seriously am resentfully Christian and it's because I was abused by a priest, but it's also because Christianity has done so much damage. Mm -hmm. Um, But by the same token, like everything you're saying, I resonate with, like, I've had dreams where Jesus has appeared to me and I'm, I will literally wake up being like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, just, just stop because... (laughs) It, it honestly it feels like it's like the universe being like fuck you sucker <laughs> like you wanted a sign here's your sign <laughs> yeah when we ask very, asked for something, very we counterintuitive
1: <laughs> we don't get to choose the signs and like no it, jesus has been so interesting to me because so as i was traveling around i thought in my small human brain right I was like, I'm traveling around and I'm like connecting. I'm like following this energy, the energy of my future partner, you know? I was like, this is so amazing. So I'm like, you know, it's just like sounded like so like romantic, you know, like traveling around the country and like following the, the, the future my future partner and at some point we're, our paths are going to cross and like all will be magical and like this is a three book series you know the next two books are in the process of being written but in my mind i was like oh this will be great at the end of book three i'm like gonna end up with the partner and like it's all gonna be beautiful and book three ends and there's no partner and as i'm entering as i'm like on my my christian journey specifically there was one morning when i had this realization i was like that energy was jesus
0: what like plot twist (laughs) I can't help you there because and like everybody who knows me on social media knows that I am so antagonistic about the idea of getting married I like I have this in a voice in my head that's like "Are you ready yet are you ready yet and it hits every day and I'm like no 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 um But I I do resonate with that energy being the lessons of Jesus, like the things that he was able to do. And I'm not talking about turning one fish into a thousand, but teaching people in a time when he had ideas that had never been thought of before. The idea of sharing, the idea of actually caring about your neighbor and, and taking care of the people after you and saying, you know what? I can actually choose, am I going to be a good person or am I going to be a shitty person? Those are lessons that we have because he existed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. Like As I was traveling around, I realized somewhere along the path that I was embodying Jesus's teachings without even knowing them. Cause I didn't yeah. know them. I hadn't read the Bible and, and my knowledge, even though I was raised in the church, it was like, you know, it's like whatever you remember as a child, which is not much. And then as I started really learning more about him and, and especially as I've been reading the Bible, I'm like, wow, like he really was guiding me the entire way and, um, and transforming not my life necessarily, but transforming my being, transforming who I am and how I show up in the world. And now that I'm in, in the actual text, I'm like, oh, okay, this is making more sense. And now I embody it in a different way. And of course, every day is a challenge because the world's a shit show right now. But like, you know, it's like, it's really hard to be nice to people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I really try.
0: No, it, it <laughs> no comment. No comment. I am am not falling down that rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) Speaking of like our conversation before hitting record and like being on podcasts with people who are like, you know, it's just harder to talk to sometimes. (laughs)
0: Like
1: sometimes everything coming out of your mouth.
0: (laughs) There are some days like I can tell how, frustrated or anxious or pissed off or stressed out I am by how many cigarettes I have (laughs) like oh I finished half a pack of smokes and it's only noon (laughs) well I finished the whole pack and it's only 9 (laughs) a.m. speaking of which and I and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I wrote a post about Britney Spears her recent documentary has come out and all of a sudden people are like oh maybe we should have treated her better And I'm sitting here today, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe you should have. Like I remember when her first documentary came out with Kevin Federline and she, and I will never forget this. She said the words, I never get what I want. And her dad was there and her mom was there. And like all these people were around, she's getting her hair done. And they all started laughing at her. And I was like, wow, you are really not hearing this girl.
1: Yeah, she's owned she's dead I mean
0: she's owned and and the reason that I bring that up is because um she's a creative person and she's incredibly talented she has worked hard her entire life and her whole life has been a battle she's had to fight to just kind of be her own person and she's had to do that in the limelight where people at 10 years old or do you have a boyfriend and what did you do to break Justin Timberlake's heart and you'd like I was looking for a picture of her to add to the post and every photo was either super super sexy and she looked uncomfortable or she just looked miserable and her hair was a mess and her eye like her makeup was a mess and I was just like what would I do under that pressure like what anchor would I go to now I'd go to my spirituality I would not necessarily say that I'm a Christian I will say that I'm a spiritualist with Christian undertones but aside from your your newfound and wonderful spirituality, what other anchors do you have to just kind of pull you back from the chaos?
1: It's a great question because...
0: Isn't it though? It is. No, it, it sounds like I even thought about it, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like you're getting me back for all
1: the difficult questions that I asked you on my, on my podcast because I, I asked you some and you're like wow that's a hard one I'm like you're welcome like you're like yes payback's a bitch damn um
0: <laughs> no but where to god
1: I <laughs> no I love it I love it I, I love didn't how-
0: think about this it just it popped up because I was like that would be a good question
1: <laughs> I love I love really thoughtful like deep thoughtful questions it's like I you know what you and I don't do surface level so these are these are great But no, it's, it's, I was just having a a conversation to kind of lead into, I guess, this answer. Like, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine before this episode, and we were talking about social media and how difficult it is to be in the limelight on, of course, nothing like, you know, Hollywood, but it is difficult to be in the limelight and to put your life out. You know, you're, as a writer specifically, writing is very vulnerable. So we share pieces of ourselves that, can feel very sacred and and we want to complete
0: strangers for free Uh, we're not even getting paid for this shit i know right yay brilliant and we completely
1: open ourselves up for criticism you know it's a lot and there are a lot of people who just want to show up to argue with you and attack you like that that is all they want and um and so I've been having this moment of reflection of now that now that I'm out of the darkness and now that I'm I'm experiencing more joy in my life than I ever have and things are starting to come together. How much of that do I actually want to share with people? I kind of feel like if you weren't there for me in the darkness, then why should you be there to help me celebrate? You know. And um, and so I would say part of what has helped to anchor me is surrounding myself with people who can sit with me in my pain and who can hold space for me and, and don't try to change me in the, in the moments where, um, where life really sucks. And it's like, I don't, I don't need advice unless I'm specifically asking someone for advice. You know, a lot of times all we need is for someone to just sit there and listen and not judge you. And, um, and so that has been vital for me is finding people in my life, whether they're mentors, I haven't always been mentors, you know, sometimes they are, but whether it's mentors or friends or family, there's very few family members for me, honestly, who can really sit and hold space for me. Um, but that, that has been huge for me because without that, it's like, you do start to wonder, if everyone hates you, you know, or if people, if like everyone wants you to fail, I think sometimes there's this feeling of like, wow, does everyone really want me to fail? Because that's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before I started um Ladmouth Brown Girl, I I wasn't taking my writing seriously. So nobody else was taking it seriously either. But then once I started it and I started really getting serious about like, I wanted to enter a couple of award ceremonies this year for blogging. And people are like, well, it's just blog. Like what's the big deal? And it's like, those awards give you credibility. And when you have that credibility, people look at you and they want to pay you and they want to hire you because they believe in your brand. And it's like, it's so much more work than just, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like this today. So I'm going to write a post. It's how do I market that post? How do I get people to read that post? How do I get people to comment on that post? How do I get people to tell me that they want to pay me based on what I've written in this post? And it is like an all day thing. And people on the outside, they don't get that. They think it's just like 15 or 20 minutes. like, no, I could spend 22 hours writing a blog post.
1: Yeah. And people also don't realize that for those of us who are writers, like we're we're really allowing our soul to express itself through our words. And, and for those of us like you and I, who have expressed, um, a lot of pain and darkness in our writing, it's this constant, like opening up the wound and sharing it with the world. And no, oh, no, let me pull pour some salt in that wound and let me open it up again and let me bleed on the page. And, you know, and so I don't really care what people think of my writing. Cause it's not about that, but it's just like, a lot of people will um, interject with like, oh, this is what you should do. Or if you share something really um, deep and personal, they try to give you advice or or they pity you. And I'm like, I'm not asking for fucking pity. I know how to take care of myself. Thank you very much. Like I'm showing you that behind closed doors, this is what it looks like. And you're not alone. I feel like I would imagine part of the reason that you and I both do what we do is so that other people know that they're not alone. I think we did actually talk about that in your episode, just you're not alone in your healing. You're not alone in your darkness. You're not alone in your struggle. And like social media has become such a fucking highlight reel that it's just like, where are the real people talking about the real things, like the real human experience that sucks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it absolutely has. And the thing with social media is Like, I'm not famous, I'm not looking... I'm looking to get paid for my writing. I'm not looking to get famous for my writing. I want an Emmy and I want an Oscar just so I can look at my mom and be like, fuck you, I fucking told you this is where I was going to be. And should that day come, that's exactly what I will say because I spent a long time wanting it. However, that's not... Like, I don't wake up every day and be like, let me write something that's gonna make me famous, right? Right? And then when we do there's this expectation that like we can take in all that negativity that comes our way because, oh, well, you have 2000 followers. So you're famous now. So you have to deal with the fact that people are going to say terrible shit. And I like no, I actually don't have to deal with that. I don't have to take that in. I don't have to put up with the negative comments. Someone said to me, um, I was like, I, I would love to have her audience. She gets thousands of people reading her, her medium posts every week thousands of them and she's like yeah be careful what you wish for because it's it's higher up on the mountain but the stakes are also higher and she also gets death threats and she gets comments on her body and her skin tone and and everything else and it's like do I really want that do I really want to be a part of that
1: and it's I've had an experience too where and I mean, I give a lot of grace to this person who did this because we had a conversation after the fact that she was, she just had her own shit going on and therefore she projected her shit onto me, which is typically what happens, right? But I had been taking, taking a step back. It was right at the time where I was doing this complete overhaul of my life and, and, and embracing Christianity, which... For, for those of us who have had our lives turned upside down over and over and over again. And our spiritual journey is the only anchor we have left to have that anchor pulled up. And it's like, Oh, now you don't know what you believe in, like your entire I mean, I can't even explain to someone who has not experienced that you literally don't know, like what is up, down, so, like, I don't know. So I was in that space where I was crying and depressed and not knowing what was real anymore. And you know, was, has my whole life been a lie and yada, yada, yada. And so I was in that space. So I was taking a step away from social media because I'm like, I'm not showing, I literally have nothing to write because I'm still processing and, and anything I write while I'm processing is not for other people to read. That's for me. And, um, and so I hadn't been on social media and I got this message in my inbox, basically saying, you don't have the luxury of not showing up. social media you have people depending on you and I'm like no I depend on me like (laughs) I am here for me first and so I will always take care of especially my mental health before anything else and once that is balanced then I can show up and be there for other people but like so there's a lot of times there's this expectation too where when you are sharing your life with the world and they find value in it which I'm glad I'm glad people find value in it but I do think that there becomes this like they feel like they're entitled to everything at all times. And it's like, no, no, especially if, especially if you're not paying for it, you're entitled to jack shit. Thank you very much.
0: That fucking part right there. Okay. (laughs) Can we talk about the number of blog posts that I have written? The fact that my book is available on Kindle for free. If you have prime, the fact that my podcast is free My website host makes a shit ton of money, my podcast host makes a shit ton of money, but little old Devin makes nothing and you expect me to give you my soul on top of my blood and my bone and you're giving me nothing in return? Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Like forget the fact that I'm a black woman and you're basically asking me to become a slave for your entertainment when I'm getting literally nothing in return but then this idea of that like if I don't do it the way you think I should do it then you still get to criticize me Yeah, really it's a lot
1: it's a it's a lot it's a lot
0: and there are people that are like boy you ask for it because you put yourself out there so do celebrities but they get paid millions of dollars get to dress in fancy clothes go to pretty events and drive around in limousines I don't get that shit, so the payoff is not quite the same as like a celebrity who, I'm not saying celebrities deserve to get trashed either, but like, they get paid really well to put up with that stuff. Well, and I
1: also disagree with that argument. I feel like that argument, you know, for the, the hypothetical person out there, like that, to me, that argument is along the lines of like, well, you dress, you dress in a provocative way, so therefore you deserve, no. No, I, I dress in this way. Be, and I mean, we're both in hoodies right now. So like, we're not dressing provocatively. But like, in theory, this is all hypothetical, you guys. Like, in theory, like, no, I dress this way because I want to fucking dress this way. It's the same thing with our writing on social media. Like, no, I wrote this thing because my soul asked to express itself. And I put it out into the world because that's what I wanted to do. And it is never um, okay. Or there should be no expectation of like, oh, well, I can treat you in this way. Or like, oh, you've put yourself out there. Therefore, it no, there's no justification for someone being a dick. There just isn't.
0: No, there was a tusslement on social media yesterday because one user took somebody's photo or video of themselves being provocative, reposted it without retweeting and then was like shocked. People were angry and it was like, You did this to make fun of their body so that you could look cool on the internet. Like, no. Right. And, and like even Perez Hilton, he got kicked off TikTok for making fun. I don't even know her name. I don't care who she is really, but for making fun of a young girl for being too provocative on her TikTok. And it's like, dude, you're a 60 year old man. Like, at what point are you going to stop making your career on being a horrible human being? Right.
1: Right. Right. And it just goes back to, right? When people lash out or judge or criticize or only want to show up. I have people in my life who only show up to try to argue never to support anything. And it's like, how miserable are you in your life that that's what brings you joy or that you cannot stop yourself from, you know, if I see something I don't like I fucking scroll by you guys. I cannot remember the last time I commented on something I didn't like because who cares? Who cares
0: if I don't like it, you know? Like it doesn't, it literally I, I, Yeah, I don't, I... <laughs> like, like... Look, I don't do that, okay? If I see something I don't like, I have to open my big fat black mouth about it. <laughs> it's part of the brand. See, this is where we're different. It's
1: fantastic, I love it. <laughs> my mom
0: says this real me all the time. She's like, like, it's the internet. Like, why do you care? And it's like, because if I don't say something, about somebody being extraordinarily horrible, then what happens? Like, I have never supported Perez Hilton. I've always thought he was a jackass. And I've always said that purely because he has contributed to the suicide rate. He has contributed to people wanting to commit suicide by being a truly terrible human being. And I feel like if we don't say something, then I can't expect people to show up when it happens to me. But by the same token, the thing that bothers me the most, and I don't know how you feel about this, is when people wanna run to my defense. When like someone's mean to me and all of a sudden everybody wants to pile on and I'm like, wait a minute, first of all, you're taking away my excuse to be pissed off. Because sometimes I like to just be pissed off and I like, I like the fight, like, let me have the fight. And other times it's like, I don't like, I'm not a princess. I don't need to be saved. And that mentality of like, somebody is bullying somebody I like online. Everybody's going to pile on really irritates me because it's like two adult people can have a conversation. And at the worst that happens is I have to block them. Then that's the worst that happens. Right. But if everybody piles on, then we're contributing to, like, online harassment, and I'm not okay with that.
1: I see that. I think the way, I totally agree with, like, it is our responsibility, I think, to use our voice, especially as writers, I believe. As writers, it's, it's our responsibility to use our voice to express whatever it may be, you know, whatever we, we don't agree with or whatever we want to see instead. My the way that I typically handle it is when I see, if I see something constantly coming up that I'm like, wow, that's really bothering me. Instead of commenting on the post, I just create new content. So whether it's a video or a blog post or my own social media post, I make sure it's on my platform because I feel like for me, there's a better chance that it'll resonate with my followers than commenting. And so
0: I do that too sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I don't do it all the time. But I think it's interesting because I do get people who then disagree with, which is fine. People people can disagree with me, like I don't care. But like it's again, it's like the constant over and over and over again, not trying to actually have a conversation, to understand one another, just to you know try to. Um,
0: it's know. that idea that we have to like emotionally eviscerate each other in order to get our point across. Yeah, that's the part where I'm like, really, and I look, I've been guilty of it. But it's usually white guys from the GOP where I'm like, okay, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, why are you being such a complete douchebag? Um, Yesterday, I saw a tweet that said that the British government, I don't know how real this is. I don't know how true this is. But the tweet was that the British government was sending out home dental kits so that they didn't have to pay for people to go to the dentist. Like, and I literally was just like, I'm done for the day. I quit like I fucking quit that's the
1: hard thing with with anything right now right with anything on social media in the news there are so many lies being spread around it's like you know there's there's a bunch of lies with some truth sprinkled in or there's you know I don't really know what the ratio is I guess it depends on like where you get your information from but it's just there's it's so mixed that it is hard to decipher what's what you know and I think that I mean, I've really backed off. I'm I have backed off from social media a lot because A, it jacks with my creativity. If I'm on social media all the time, I like can't I'm just not a clear channel to be able to like lean into what am I supposed to be, to create today, you know?
0: That's so funny because I spend a great deal of time being like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Like I've got the TV going, I've got music on my laptop, I'm writing and then I'm also creating content for like Instagram or something. Like, and I'm constantly trying to block out the flow of creativity. Cause sometimes it's just, it's it's overwhelming. And all of that creative energy and information is just too much for me to take in. And so I have to really do whatever I can to block it out, to give myself space. To create what I want to create. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I have moments where it's like I have so many ideas. I have more ideas than I could possibly create. And then I have moments like I'm out on hiking trails all the time, you know, because like for me, that's kind of where I get my inspiration. Um, but then I get back into my apartment and I'm like, okay, now what do I create? I have so many ideas. <laughs>
0: that's I why know. I avoid going yeah. outside like the plague like it, it really is like I have spent the majority of the last year inside because I, there's only so much so that I can take in and when you're in nature I would just it sometimes just feels like it's bombarding you and and maybe you haven't gotten there yet because you are just started your awakening but you will you'll get to this point where you're like oh my god like, it's too much between what's going on in the States, what's going on in Europe, what's going on in Africa, what's going on in Canada, and then, like, all the social media stuff and all the celebrity stuff, it just becomes overwhelming. And so I just kind of like to to lock myself in and hide.
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, I've been following stuff for, for a while, but that that's exactly it. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. And I think that, especially as individuals, like, Yes, we have a responsibility to do our part, you know, it's not that we just sit around and like hope, you know, hope for the best. Hope hope somehow someone solves something. Like, no, we all do have to take our own part in some capacity. But I think that for me, when I see so much of it, I'm like, where do I begin? There's so yeah. much that's fucked up. Weird. So it's like I have to focus on what is the thing that I'm most passionate about and like what's the thing that keeps me up at night? you know that just like keep you know just keeps going around in my mind and how do i integrate my gifts to help make an impact in that and i don't have an answer yet you know it's, i feel like i'm still kind of in this i mean we're always in that space right of like okay what do i do next but i i'm almost shifting from all of all of the years of writing about myself and my own journey that that will still be there in some capacity but now i'm like how do I use my writing to help make a greater impact in the world, you know, and yeah. or in one specific cause. Um, and so it'll be interesting, I think, to see kind of how that transforms.
0: Yeah, I, uh, when I first started Loudmouth Brown Girl, I was convinced that I was only going to talk about rape and sexual abuse. And then I was like, well, maybe let me talk about mental health, because A, the, a those two things are related but B that'll give me a break from talking about rape and sexual health. And then it was like, okay, politics are really fucked up right now. Let me dive into that because that'll give me a break from mental health and sexuality and rape. Okay. Let me talk about celebrities because that'll give me a break from politics. And so now I look at the blog and I'm like, it's just fucking everywhere, man. There's a little bit of everything for everybody, but that in itself is my mental health being taken care of because can't just focus on any one thing for too long. I have ADHD. And so like trying to focus on one thing is like trying to learn Russian and mathematics at the same time. Like it's not going to work.
1: Right. Well, and with everything going on in the world right now, I think a lot of people think like, oh, there's this one issue and there's two sides to that one issue. And then there's this, and then there's this issue and there's this issue, but it's a web all of the issues, if you zoom out and kind of get a bird's eye view of everything, and it's not two sides of one issue, there's a whole fucking agenda happening. And you have the sides don't really matter, (laughs) you know, and it's like, when you start to see that it's just like, okay, so it's, it is hard to focus on one specific thing because once you start to focus on one specific thing, it opens up Pandora's box to the next thing, you know? And so you're just like, well, I guess we're talking about all the things now.
0: (laughs) I like my only response to that is I now want to get high. Like, and, and, and seriously, it was like I'll start with this and then I'll talk about this to get me away from that. And then I'll talk about this to get me away from this and that and on and on and on and on and on. let me smoke a joint so I can just yeah, and kind of just calm down. And I think that we, whether you're a famous celebrity or a politician or just an everyday mom being like, this is my experience on Twitter. We forget to do that. We forget to, and maybe for you, it's a joint, maybe for someone else, it's a glass of wine, maybe it's a cigar, maybe it's an hour at the gym, but we forget to just be like, okay, bring it down, take a breath and just be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The slowing down and being has been, has been huge. And I think that, you know, I love that you talked about kind of the different areas that people exist and i think a lot of times like thinking about like the mom right the mom doesn't think necessarily that her life um i don't want to say matters necessarily but in comparison to the other things going on in the world right it's like kind of like well what value do i have to offer or what's you know how why does my story matter the thing is like I actually see a lot of people right now sitting around and doing nothing because they feel powerless. And it's not true. Like we, I believe that we have all been given God-given gifts, you know, for you and I, it's writing and obviously speaking because we have podcasts too. But it's like we have created some sort of platform based off of our God-given gifts. And not we don't all have the same gifts, but we all have been given these gifts. And I believe that it is to do something. And I started to... Realize that over the last year, I felt like I was constantly like sitting and like my wheels were spinning, but I wasn't nothing was happening, like there was no traction. You know, I had a, a similar experience. Where it was like I published my book and I released that, and then it was like, okay, now what am I doing? Like I don't know, I don't know what to,
0: i don't know what do. <laughs> I went I went into panic mode. I was like, Who do you think you are to write a book? <laughs> You're a failure and a fraud. Oh, terrible. Within 20 minutes of publishing my book. I was on my bed crying about what a loser I was. And I was like, what happened to you just published a book and you're amazing. And I I when when people ask me, they're like, you, are you ready to be in a relationship? I'm like, no. Because I published a book and then 20 minutes later, I started crying about what a loser I was. Who is not gonna run through the fucking door and be like, no, I'm not dealing with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a lot to take on. That's a lot of crazy in 20 minutes and i understand this and i don't want to burden anybody with this so i stay single but it's really hard it is
1: it is a lot it is a it is lot a lot it is it, it's a, well to put yourself out there like yeah that, you know and I actually just recently got into a relationship, which I'm still like wrapping my head around because I've been single for four years. But like he read my book, like right off the, I mean, we, we were friends for months, but he read my book and I was like, well, that's a good place to start. <laughs> because then you always have some sort of idea of like what
0: you're potentially getting into. I swear to God, when I start, when I get to the place where I'm ready to date, my Tinder bio is just going to be like my website link and then the words you've been warned. <laughs> like it's out there now, I can't take it back. This is what you're getting into. I make no apologies. Like I'm leaving the choice up to you. You don't even have to respond, it's good. But that's a, that is really a huge
1: thing because one thing that he and I talked about, I've been living my life very publicly. And when you bring someone else into your life, like they have to be comfortable in that and there has to be discussion about how much of us do we share with you know because I'm going to write about it I'm not going to write about his shit you know because that's none of my business but you know but that has been a conversation that we've had and so I mean most men are not comfortable with that and and I've had a lot of men be like nah I'm good I'm out thank you very much you know and I'm like fantastic though because you're not the dude for me and So that was, that was really helpful, you know, to be like, oh, you're cool with the fact that I literally share everything. Welcome on
0: board. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because when we, um, I have a friend who is in an interracial couple and we were actually talking about this today and she was like, I want to share my husband with the world. I want people to see this person that I love, my partner, this person that I work with and that I enjoy spending my life with. But by the same token, they get so much hatred because they're in an interracial couple that she's like I also want to protect him and I don't want to put him out there and I can't lie I've thought about that when the day comes that somebody comes into my life they're gonna have to be prepared like this is what I want I want an Emmy I want an Oscar and I'm gonna get there by being a writer and by sharing my story and learning how to be a better writer so that I can eventually write my award-winning movies and make all of the money. Like, this is the plan. It's in my head, it's set in stone. This is what I want. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you like sit down and, and balance that out of like, I'm not gonna share this part, but I'm gonna share this part when there's an expectation that all those people who have been following you up to this point, are like well we want to know who he is is he good enough for you we want to investigate him we want to know his secrets we want to know his story and it's like but why yeah
1: yeah and that's but
0: why must you have all that
1: right and that kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier about
0: yeah.
1: you know i know the journey that i've been on to become the woman i am today to be prepared for this relationship and that journey that i have been on has been sacred and i have shared it very openly and there will be two more books to to share about it but it has been sacred and there were a lot of people who gave me a lot of a lot of pushback throughout those four years and weren't with me during the dark the darkest of dark times and I have shared other relationships in the past and have been very open. And then when, when like my last relationship, when it ended, I had people in my inbox wanting to know the details. And I was like, I'm like heartbroken right now. The last thing they, people take it as like this reality show, and then they feel like they have direct access to you. And although I have, um, with my, with my new partner, you know, (laughs) we've, like we've become a Facebook official, which is so fucking cheesy. But we became Facebook Facebook official so people could actually see who it was. But like in, my, in a post that I wrote yesterday, I addressed him just as boyfriend. I didn't even use his name because there is um, there is a sacredness to it, you know. And and I feel like I I um I understand it now in a way that I didn't understand it before, you know. And. So I don't know exactly what I will and won't share. And I think that that will be a conversation that he and I continue to have, you know, and what he actually said to me last night, he said, you know, we don't need people who are rooting for us to fail. And so, and I agree, there are going to be people out there who are jealous of, of whatever I have, you know, because they're whatever, for whatever reasons. Um, and there are people who will root for you to fail. Um, or who think like, oh, well, all your other relationships have failed and you've been divorced and uh, so this probably won't last either.
0: Um, you know, but I was, I was literally about to message my friend today. She was like, I'm heartbroken right now. And I wanted to message her and be like, well, why tell me all the details? How can I fix this problem for you? And then I was like, whoa, like really, this is not about her. Like you are not about to message her because you want to help her you just really want to know the details of what's going on and it was the first time it's not because i don't love her it's not because i don't care about why she's heartbroken but it was the first time i was like she's literally asking to be left alone right now and so for you to message her and say what's going on and what can i help you with is going against everything she's asked of me i'm actually going to choose to respect that which pisses me off more because i'm like i'm becoming an adult like (laughs) Not comfortable with that, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I cannot believe that our hour is almost up. I know. <laughs> it always goes by so fast. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. There are hours that go by and we've talked about this where I wanna stab myself in the back of the head with a knife our just hour. see. <laughs> Just to see if I can actually get the knife in the back of my head. (laughs) Can I I do this right now? I mean, our hours
1: spent together, not normal hours.
0: (laughs) Fair point. Just to clarify, not all recording hours go by so quickly. (laughs) Um, if you, I I started doing this on my podcast and I can't even say last week because this is season two. And I did this so ass backwards because I was like, I didn't plan for season two, I haven't been talking about season two. Most of the recordings so far, with the exception of two of them, were done last year and I just didn't feel like putting them up. Um, so season two is a clusterfuck, (laughs) first of all, but. I was on a show called Culture Nerds and it was so much fun that I was like, let's record a podcast for my show right now. And we ended up doing it back-to-back because it was one of those good, like, holy shit, we're having fun doing this. Yeah. Um, so I started asking people what their favorite superhero is <laughs> at the end of every show. And everybody knows mine's Captain America. I make no excuses. Who is your favorite superhero? And it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be like a Marvel superhero. Wonder Woman. Really? And
1: I don't have a specific reason. Like, I, I can't say like, oh yeah, I read all the comic books and I watched all the movies. And these are like, here's my list of reasons for why I love Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman because when I when I was growing up, we had an old Pepsi glass, like old school Pepsi glass. I think it was like from 1978. It was an old Wonder Woman. And it just like, and I loved it. And then ever since then, it's been Wonder Woman, so <laughs> Wonder Woman is my choice.
0: <laughs> I have never liked Wonder Woman. <laughs> she fights in a bikini with a pair of blade bracelets, bracelets and a lasso. <laughs> I mean, I like, really Wonder Woman. So <laughs> I just I it's like Jason Momoa and Aquaman. I'm like, eh the dude from twilight and batman like this just doesn't appeal to me
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) captain america will always appeal to me though i love it it's 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 yeah it is what it is um i was gonna go into like a whole rant there but i am trying really hard to go one episode without talking about the actor that plays captain america (laughs) so uh where can people find you on social media
1: Well, the easiest place to find me right now is on my website and livingstoncoaching.com. All of my social media handles are, are, and the nomad. So I am transitioning off of Facebook, Instagram at some point. I'll try uh, transition off of, I'm on Telegram and Gab right now. But if I would say just, and the nomad across the social media platforms.
0: Did you say Gab?
1: Yeah. Gab GAB.
0: Isn't that Okay. Look, we got through this whole conversation without talking about anything controversial. And now I have, to, I can't not address the elephant in the room. Is that not where all the like Trump leaning supporters are hanging out? I would say that as,
1: <laughs> as someone who has been all over the spectrum of politics, I've looked through like all the different lenses. Uh, there's a lot of censorship happening on big tech. So like uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, there's, there's a lot of censorship. I have personally been censored. Good friends of mine have been censored. And so I have started transitioning to other platforms that allow free speech. <sighs>
0: <laughs> okay, look, because <laughs> I love you like I genuinely do I enjoy our conversations um there are very few people in the world who when you converse with them through a computer you can feel their positive energy and their wonderful vibe and you are one of those people I agree with you that there has definitely been a lot of like even like the cannabis community has noticed there's been a ton of censorship in terms of what's allowed to be posted and it's weird because like one day something will be allowed to be posted and then the next day it won't be but like it won't be for some people but it will be for other people and and so I get what you're saying there I just personally do not endorse that specific platform I totally and that's re- all I'll say out of respect because I don't yeah. want to start a freaking war
1: no I totally respect it and honestly like Devin I love you as well and and I feel like this is the type of conversation and we can do another one down the road. Like this is the type of conversation that people need to hear because there are people who, I don't even want to say that we believe different things because I actually don't think that at our core, we have different beliefs, beliefs. I think that we see the world through different lenses and it's a matter of understanding the lens in which someone else sees the world and being able to sit and have open, curious conversation. And I think that right now we live in a world where so many things, like people just shut down, they make an assumption about who someone is and the content of their character based off of either skin color or what, or what someone perceives them as believing when that's not necessarily true. And I've experienced a lot of judgment and criticism based off of who someone thinks I am, based off of what they think I believe without sitting and having an actual conversation with me. And so I, I completely... Honor and love and respect you, and um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to to communicate with people in this way when we may not see through the same lens, but we understand that the other person has a reason for why they believe or feel or see the world in the way they do.
0: I think that there are extremes to everything, and I think that you can be too left, you can be too right, you can be too middle of the road. Um, and I agree with you, I think that we can be friends with people we don't necessarily politically agree with. And in it's weird to say that given the climate, like, I'm not gonna say that I could be friends with somebody that stormed the Capitol. Probably not gonna invite them over for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> However, do I understand where they're coming from and their anger and their fear and their anxiety? Because in that world, They've been pushed to be angry and fearful and anxiety filled. I get that. I understand what that feels like. Um, we come at it from different avenues, but I get it. And I'm like, I'm never gonna say that I'll never have a QAnon supporter or a Trump supporter on my podcast because, like, let's be honest, that shit makes for good. It makes for good ratings. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think that it is entirely possible. have conversations with people you don't agree with but how can you know that you agree with them if you're not willing to sit down at the table and have the conversation
1: yep well and i'll just i'll just state for the record i mean i was a democrat my entire life so i i grew up as a democrat i was a democrat and i don't i don't identify as a republican or conservative i identify as a non-liberal um i identify as a patriot someone who loves my country very deeply Um, i believe in the constitution And, um, and I, and I know that there's a, there's a whole narrative that goes along with that, but I was a Democrat my entire life. So, so I think that that's what a lot of people who don't know me don't understand that. Like I, I looked through the world in, or I looked at the world through that lens for my entire life. So I get it. I understand that narrative. Um, and I don't disagree with a lot of it, you know, it's, it's more about, um, I don't know. And again, this is like a whole nother episode, but it's just there's it, for me, it was like you have like the 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 core pieces and it's just a matter of seeing it in a different way. And how do we empower people versus disempowering them? It's you know what I mean? Like I'm still for all of these things. It's just coming from a level of empowerment.
0: I'm and I'm not trying to push you to to I, I, I apologize because I wasn't trying to push you to I don't know how this conversation ended up here, but it did. And I enjoy talking to you, so I'm going to keep going with it. Um, I didn't mean to push you to identify yourself one way or another politically. Um, I think you can be a patriot and be a Democrat. I think you can be a patriot and be a Republican. I think you can own a gun and not be a douchebag, okay? Simple as that. I think that right now where we are at in this world There is a lot of focus on the fact that people who own some people who own guns have done some pretty heinous shit. We can't deny that it has happened. There is verifiable proof. That doesn't mean that everybody who owns a gun is a racist or that everybody who owns a gun is going to go shoot up a school. And it doesn't mean that every Republican in the world is a douchebag. It just means that the ones that we're focusing on and that we're used to seeing are the ones that are not necessarily the nicest humans in the world. And, it, and to me, it's very much like seeing, um, I, and I this still breaks my heart to this day that it happened. I was at a restaurant with some friends and my buddy's br- brother walked in and they're both like the, the most loveliest, wonderful brown men that I've ever known in my life. Like these two men give me hope in mankind's um given what i've been through and brother walks in and he's wearing a turban and he's got the beard and i was scared i was legitimately like holy shit, he looks like a terrorist why does why did my brain go there because for years that was the image that we saw the man in the turban with the dark skin and the beard right and so here we are we see republicans white guy blonde hair blue eyes carrying a gun shooting people We become accustomed to being afraid of that. And I actually do worry that we're going to get to the point where it's like, well, you have white skin, blue eyes and, and a gun. Therefore, you must be evil. And we just can't. Once we go there to that place where we say everybody is or everybody isn't, how do we come back from that?
1: Yep. I love that. I love that. And I think that that conversation.
0: And this is coming from somebody that abhors Trump. Can't stand him. Make no excuse for him. Glad he's gone. I wake up every day and I'm like, thank you, hallelujah. However, however, not all members of the GOP, um, what's his name? Uh, Lindsey McCain. Mm-hmm. McCain was a really decent guy. He also happened to be a Republican. Right? It's, so it's...
1: It's that we've been raised with a, with a two-party system that is not there's so much more that's happening beneath the surface. That's just beginning to be uncovered. And, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, but no, I really, I appreciate, you know, the openness of, yeah, not all, you know, not all conservatives are one way. No, no one group is all one way. That's just not, it's just not how it works.
0: It, it, it is, um, and I'm gonna say this, like some black people are assholes. We're yeah. not allowed to say that. We are not allowed to say that because we're supposed to be like, no, Black people are the nicest people in the world. No, we're not. Not even close. We are fucking terrible to each other and to other people. And if we, as a society, don't stop, it's like the celebrity label. Celebrities must be happy because they get paid lots of money. Uh, No, not how it works. Right? And so this idea that everything is one way or the other I'm. Um, we got to get out of that. I agree. I agree. And I think
1: that a lot of it starts with these types of conversations, you yeah. know, they're uncomfortable. Like I've had these types of conversations and I fucking hate them because they're uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, I'm just being real. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like go into them thinking, well, this is fun, you know, but like, but at the same time, like when you can have conversations with someone who, who is willing to listen and, and, can see you for who you are and not what you believe or who you support, like that makes a huge difference to at least open the door and to be able to cultivate friendships. Because once you have friendships with people, it makes it a lot easier to really truly have compassion and, and see, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yourself. I mean, there are countless number of Americans that supported Trump four years ago that didn't support him this year, right? And People change like what was acceptable back then is not acceptable today. But yet there there are still people that support. Do we write them all off just because they supported him? There are aspects of what he has said in the past where I'm like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Washington is a swamp. It's corrupt. Like we all know this. It's not a secret. And, And there needs to be accountability on both sides of the aisle. And so it's like, again, it's not black and white. And, and you're right in that we do need to be willing to be uncomfortable. And no, these conversations are not fun, but you know what, I, um, I think that you and I will stay in contact because I genuinely enjoy our conversations. There are so many other things that we have talked about that we get along with that like, I'm okay if we don't necessarily politically agree. You're a white woman, I'm a black woman, I've been on your show, you treated me wonderfully. I've, you've been on my show now. Like, I think I treated you wonderfully. <laughs> you did. That we're proof that it can be done that like <laughs> we can meet in the middle. Right. And without having to agree on everything all the time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's how we understand what someone else truly values is through conference conversations. It's like, if we just took who we supported, put that aside, the party that we identify with put that aside and just talk heart to heart about life. And that I think that we would actually get a lot further than like the political issues. You know, I, I think that, that the conversation would go a lot, a lot further. Cause then we would understand it's, it, we get too wrapped up in the labels. And when you, when you make assumptions based on of the label, you're not willing to hear the rest of what someone else has to say.
0: Yeah. There will be a good portion of people. Um, not gonna lie, that are gonna listen to this and be like, oh, she listens to Gab. She must be this, that, or the other thing. And that that is gonna come one way or the other. Um, And that's unfortunate because I think it's the fact that you use that platform or that you connect to people on that that platform. I assume that you connect to people on that platform. Um, There are so many other things to you that I've learned about you that are wonderful and beautiful and kind and loving and supportive that like, I don't, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's a flaw. I just feel like it's not a deal breaker for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not.
1: Yep. And I would invite people if people are listening you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. She, she feels like this warm, kind-hearted, compassionate person, but how the hell can she, you know, be on this platform or support this person or whatever, I would invite you guys to go to my, my podcast uncensored. And I have a variety of conversations with people on, you know, people with through a lens that you may not agree with. However, there, I bring people on who are really intelligent, who are well-spoken, who are, um, who have been on both sides, who understands? because I think that's where the commonality is. I, Because I, I was part of the walkaway campaign where it's like people who walked away from the democratic party. And so I think that there is a level of compassion that people who have always identified on the right side of the aisle don't have because they don't get it, you know? And so I would say, you know, if someone is like, okay, I'm just curious, like if people just hate me for then it is what it is, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I love, I love you anyway. But, um, but if you're really curious, I would say, go to the podcast and listen to some of these episodes, because you might realize or learn that it's not exactly what you've been told that it is, you know, for me, like, that's how I began to change my beliefs, I started to ask, why do why are people so passionate about what they believe in? why are they passionate about the second amendment why are they passionate about abortion like why are they passionate about these things and i and i had to go in with curiosity and not from a space of okay i guess i'll try to change my beliefs and i haven't changed all my beliefs you know um but i had to understand why someone believed what they did because there's a reason there's a reason we believe what we believe there's a reason we're passionate about what we're passionate about and i don't believe that it actually comes from a space of hatred I think it comes from love. I think there's something that we have love for people or love for our country or love for something, or it comes from a place of fear. And if it comes from fear, then it, then we need to understand what that fear is.
0: I don't disagree with you, which is fascinating to me. (laughs) I'm sitting here and I'm completely fascinated with myself right now because I, I, I have often thought the same thing that like when we say, God, this could be a whole other show and I, 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 I do, do want to wrap that. this up in a minute, but when we say like white supremacists support Trump, does that mean that everybody that supports Trump is a white supremacist? Exactly. I, I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think that there are a good portion of people that are educated and there are a good portion of people that are uneducated and there are a good portion of people that are happy and a good portion of people that are unhappy. And I, I feel like there are so many different data points where we need to pull information before we can judge the average Trump supporter or the average Republican or the average Democrat, for instance, um, that it, it. It is, it's really hard for me to be like, and look, I've been known to be like, you fucking GOP, I have, I, I have said that phrase, okay? I don't agree with, with a lot of things. Um, I think that we, there are a lot of freedoms that I am willing to put my heart on the line for, but I'm not, having been written off myself, willing to write people off, just because like I I haven't been spreading a lot of the when the capital thing hit it was like yeah I'll put your pictures out there but I'm not engaging in the drama of it you know what I mean like the QAnon shaman and 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 the gossip of it because that doesn't appeal to me that feels like the lowest version of who we could be when there are so many bigger things to discuss the fact is that some people got duped and a lot of people got hurt on both sides of the aisle people lost businesses people and and there is the argument that like well they deserved it because of consequences
1: there's a lot that has been there's a lot that hasn't been um fully uncovered and i think it's really hard because there is so much of like or there are so many lies mixed in with the truth. It takes a lot of time to really fully discern to get the full picture. And even when you think you have the full picture, there are still things that we're not being told. So I don't think that we ever fully have the full picture. I I believe I wholeheartedly believe that most of us are doing the best that we can. I really do believe that. I think that um, I I think that there's just a lot that we don't that we don't know. And, and I think that there are some people that are willing to look at alternative sources and there are people that aren't and no judgment or shame. It's just some people are, and some people aren't.
0: You know, when anonymous first came out, alternative sources and indie journalism was like the thing, right? Everybody in the world was jumping on what rebel news, not rebel news. Um, all the, 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 the new, the newer, News sites were talking about anonymous. If it was anonymous based news, it was making money and everybody was interested in it. And when it comes to QAnon, people are like, well, can we trust them or are they just trying to scam us? And it's like, it's not really any different. Like, QAnon is not that different from anonymous at all. Granted, anonymous got a lot more shit done. And anonymous um, was more of a global thing as opposed to an American thing. But the mentality of not paying attention to mainstream media, like that's not a new thing. That has been around since the 60s. So maybe there is something to look into. Why are these alternative news sources coming out? Where are they coming from? What is it that they have to say? I'm personally going to say that people should decide for themselves. I love you. I hope my audience loves you. I think you're amazing. I think my audience will think you're amazing. Um, And then anything aside from that is people are going to do what they're going to do. Yep. Yep. And I
1: would always say, use discernment. Don't take my word. Don't take Devin's word. Like, use discernment. You know, like, actually, I actually don't want to, to change someone's mind because that gives me a level of power that I'm not comfortable with. So, I don't really, my intention is never to like get someone to change their mind or, or believe what I believe. My intention is always, could you consider that there's more than there's more than you've currently, and not you specifically, but just in general? Like, could you consider that there's more to the story that you may not know? That's all, you know, and and so beyond that, it's really it's an it's an individual uh, responsibility, I think.
0: Like I said, I love you. I think my audience will love you, and that's the end. Like I, I'm just like I'm, I'm not interested with finding a way or a reason to hate you. I I enjoy our time together, and like. And I can hear people being like, you're talking around the question. Why aren't you asking the question? And it's like, because first of all, it's nobody's fucking business. What you believe politically is your private choice. And if you choose on your platform to say this is who I am and this is who I support and this is why I use whatever platforms I use, that is your choice. But this is not a show where we're like, Let's take people down. This is a show about lifting people up. And I am not interested in pursuing a line of questioning to answer all of you yelling at me right now that will devolve into a conversation that, like, I don't really want to have because I don't care.
1: And if you guys really want to know, go to my podcast. I'm very vocal. And if you really want to know, I'll be writing a blog that basically goes through how my beliefs change, why they change and the sources to back it up. So if you really want to dive into it, it's not out yet because this is like a dissertation that I have to fucking write. But because a lot of people are like, a simple thing, it was a, it was a journey, just like everything else, right? It was a journey. So, but I would say, yeah, guys, go to my podcast and check it out and, and just see where that takes you.
0: I, you know what? I mean, look, whatever it is you believe, and I, I haven't investigated it and I've deliberately not asked you because I don't want to put you on the spot here, but like you said, it is, whether it's in God or whether it's in Trump or Joe Biden or Obama or the fucking Eskimo man, I don't know, whatever it might be, whoever you might be, it is a journey and it is um, individualistic, and it is singular to you, and it is your experience, and as long as you're happy with your choices, and you're not hurting anybody, who am I to judge? Yep, yep. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. I, I really do. I enjoy our conversations, and I want more of them. I didn't
1: see. Let's do it. Let's do more in the future. Okay.
0: Sounds good. I'm Devin J. Hall. You can find me on Twitter at Devin J. Hall and at loudmouthbrowngirl.com. Thanks for listening.